Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we are right where you left us. That's right. In inside a, your bank. In a four or five story brick building in Tarzana, yes. California. That's right. Coming to you from the Hypnosis Motivation Institute, where we are recording this. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm hypnotizing you. We're in my apartment. What? Oh, crazy. I know. Look, this is my new apartment. Hey, all right. Yeah. Carrie's got all her stuff. That's my new bed. You've done quite a bit of moving in in a very short time. Thank you. You're right. I still have boxes from my move. Oh, whoa. Well, just like two boxes. Oh, okay. You're okay. I don't know. There's probably stuff. Maybe you should put that in your mental bank. Oh, yeah. Then I'll get it done, right? Yeah. Clean up the old house item. I have maintained a nice home as one of my... So one like, of your overarching goals? Yeah, in your value events, you can really set whatever you want. And I decided since I'm using the paper one and editing would be a little harder, that I would make mine sometimes a little more general. So instead of writing like, clean up my house, but then also buy groceries or whatever, I just wrote maintain a nice home. Oh, yeah. So anything that I honestly feel that day... Contributed to that goal. That count. would be a good overall goal. I can't remember what my exact six are. Well, I made five. Are we supposed to have a specific number of them? It said anywhere from one to six. Oh, okay. Because in the ledger, in the paper one, they give you like a lot of space. You could write dozens. No, 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 no. These are, at least I'm talking about your overall goals that you're trying to accomplish. Oh, it doesn't give you space for it in the written one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, on the web version, there's six spaces that you can fill out. Okay, up. like these are the cat- categories of life. Okay, so... I gave myself a weight loss goal. Okay. And I gave myself a reading goal. Okay. 52 books per year, yep, which is my higher than my... Year. That's your same goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a book, book a week. A week. Yeah. I've never gotten anywhere... Well, I, last year I got 47, so oh, yeah, I, I guess I close. have gotten close to that. And goal three is to write a book. And then goal <laughs> for this year? No. Oh, oh okay. I, I don't think these are tied to so a big. year. Okay. And learn to speak German and run two to three days per week. Okay. I don't know. Those are just the concrete goals that came at the moment that seemed like things that I needed some motivation to do. Okay. Exercise slash fitness. Uh, work on my book, which I wrote difficult. Yes. <laughs> so I get twice as much for that. Yep. Uh, work on this documentary I'm doing. So there's twice for that. Then work, work, which is just are these your regular work. these are your value See, entries? I, yeah, because there's oh, not. Okay. It doesn't have the general goals on this. I got gotcha. you. Work on financial goals. Maintain a nice home. Reading. Take Ella on a long walk slash play, and medical dental vet. One nice thing is you automatically get credit for doing your mental bank ledger entry. That gives you one hour's worth of imaginary income yeah i have things such as using my language apps all five of them just count as one entry and using elevate that's my kind of daily mental challenge app go running bike or walk to work eat a healthy minimal meal because i just tend to eat more than i need to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. easy to do and lots of pizza 
Okay, I that's also eat, on your list. I no, but <laughs> you know, if pizza. if I eat a healthy minimal meal, you know, I it could. It won't be lots of pizza. Right, exactly. Read for half an hour. Write for half an hour. That's my double point one, which I haven't done yet. Yeah, they tell you you can do double points for your most important goal and your hardest goal. Right. And I've that's realized, my hardest goal. Yeah, I realized quickly that like, oh, those are just the things I don't do. Well, I mean, which makes sense. That's why you would have such a ledger like this and yeah. arm exercises or just exercise in general. Nice. Yep. Yep. Those are all things I get credit for. Please excuse the turning of the page. In my, because I am using a paper one. You hear that, everybody? Paper, paper. Hey, paper, that's the paper. way John G. Kappas wanted it to be. That's right. Okay. Well, Ross, is it? I'm Ross. So. Uh, oh yeah, if you missed part one of this. Oh yeah, you're gonna want to go back. Series, yeah. You're gonna be very confused. You're already confused. And I'm you're sorry be about like, that. Is this guy hot? The guy giving the talk. Yes, he is, and he's sixty. <laughs> That's important background. We, we described info. all of this in part one. So, yes, so sorry to alienate any of you coming here for the first time. Hey, I'm going to listen to this Oh No, Ross and Carrie show that my friend recommended. What are they talking about? Oh, boy. Yeah, your friend is a nut job. You, they should have told you to go back one episode. All right. So, last time we ended off just kind of partway through his talk, and we're going to pick up from there. He was starting to tell us about just the history of this mental bank concept and said there was a a lot of skepticism about this when it first came out in the 80s. It was brand new then. Sure. But now there's been research that shows that these concepts work. Whoa. Like, did you know, Carrie, that free will is not really a thing? Oh, boy. All right, let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, do we want to open this can of worms? <laughs> I don't even know. Well, we can't help but do it. Yeah, he opened it. We're just picking up them worms. That was just me making a we have no free will joke. Okay, so he mentioned a researcher. It sounded like he was saying John Bard. He was yeah. thinking about it for a while, but we figured out it's John, John Barg, B-A-R-G-H, a psychology professor at Yale. B-A-R-G-H slash, oh, no. It's your promo code. Yeah, that's my promo code for John Barg's uh, psychology classes. So he addressed the question of free will, and I really like this experimental design. This is really cool. Definitely, definitely. The, the idea was to invite a bunch of people to take part in a test under the guise, the ruse that they were going to be tested on, filling out various forms. L little um, word puzzles. Sort of like just an intelligence test. Unscrambling kind of words, yeah. I always love a good study where they tell you it's about one thing and it's about something else. That's always fun. Oh, uh, yeah. And I assume you or I walking into any study would be I know. Like, I'd be like, no, okay, this isn't really the where's thing. Where's the camera? And, yeah, who, <laughs> who have you, are you put gonna in the make hallway me to trip me and see if I'm pissed? <laughs> I'm not going to act like Hitler. You're not going to make me act like Hitler. <laughs> I'm going to resist. So, You're like, no, we really just need to figure out how long you can. Uh, how long it takes you to do these unscrambles. We're like, We're like no, we know what you're doing. <laughs> what is the unstated goal I think here? a podcast. So in this case, he had them ostensibly unscrambling words, but the words that they gave them were loaded. So you had one group that had just the control words, average words. Yeah, so it would be like. Gray. Yeah, dog, house. Road. But mom. then another group of people got words that said Florida. Mm -hmm. lumbago shuffleboard old silver decrepit so then those words would seep their way into the user's heads and then what they were actually measuring was the time it took them to get back to the elevators or at least as george was telling this yeah story and so then the people who got the words that suggested aging 
He took their damn time getting to that elevator. Hmm. Two times oh, as long, we were times. told. So fascinating. Maybe they were just enjoying life, though. And then there was a similar experiment where they did the same sort of thing, but they would have some people would get very rude words, mm-hmm. mean words. Mm, right. Others would get more neutral ones or some would get very peaceful, positive or polite words. And then they would have the person proctoring the test be aloof or not paying attention when they would come to turn it in. And so they'd wait to see, you know, if they ignored the test taker long enough, would they say, hey, buddy. Hey, listen. Yeah. I'm being impatient. You, I am in your non-control group. Or would they just sit there and wait and wait and wait? So they could kind of measure that. So for so the, the people who got the rude words were more impatient. Yeah, right? they, were, they were more likely to say, hey, pay attention to me. Mm-hmm. So all of this is about priming and how our environments can lead us to behave in certain ways. Sure. And I think for me, that was a really powerful concept because I think growing up, I just had this conception that we behave the same way depending on who we are in every situation. Oh, wow. And the idea that just your environmental cues can really change your attitude and Hmm. who you are that day blew me away. It's powerful and it's true. In this moment, it blew you away or like learning that over time? Learning it a long time ago. I think I err the other way. Whenever people argue oh there's no free will because yeah you can be influenced with these factors i always think like well that was already my concept of free will Mm -hmm. my concept of free will is not like i can choose anything right now and there's no harness on this horse right my concept of free will is already like well yeah of course there's all these external factors influencing me but Mm. then i still get to make some choices within that framework okay so yeah that's never been a revelation for me okay yeah that that was definitely a new thought for me and so powerful but that's you know why advertising works Mm -hmm. that's why people pay such big money for advertising just seeing that tide pod don't eat eat them don't oh don't eat eat it oh okay Just seeing that Tide Pod, you know, means next time you're going to buy laundry stuff, you think, oh, Tide Pod, that comes to mind. Delicious. The example I always hear is, you know, if you tell someone, hey, think of an animal, then... Okay, I'm picturing an animal? Yeah, everyone pictures an animal. Uh Uh-huh. What did you get? A leopard. Okay, I got a kangaroo. Okay. But... Oh, wait, no, I guess it's a tiger because it has stripes, not spots. But when you picked your tiger Uh or or leopard, your, your brain went through a few different animals... But uh-huh. you thought, oh, either, you know, I'm going to stick with that first one or, you know, I like this one better. Uh-huh. But then the question is, where did that list of animals come from? Sure. Because out of, you know, maybe 400 animals you could name, uh-huh. your brain just gave you a tiny. Do you think I did picture some and I don't remember them? Because I, I think I only pictured a tiger. Oh, wow. Okay. My, Do you, you like run through a little My list? brain huh. went through four before I kind of made oh, it stop. Oh, wow. I was just like, boom, tiger, but, keep well, it. But that's still consistent with the point here, which oh, is... Oh, yeah, of course. I was just curious. You know, we have to ask, how did your brain give you that? Where did yeah. that come from? Who yeah. did that? What is that? You know, it's is that God. you? It's God. <laughs> and magicians always make more hay out of this, I think, than is actually true. Mm-hmm. But they'll say, oh, I planted this on the back wall. Oh, I put a right, picture right, right. of a parrot, and then you yeah. said parrot. Well, mentalists are pretty good at that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but even so, if I asked you at a different time or on a different day... You you would give me a different animal or a different one would pop into your head and what controls that so you have a certain amount of free will but do you actually will what you will you know your brain right. kind of gives you what your brain gives yeah. you oh yeah for sure endlessly yeah. fascinating anyways he didn't get into all that but we we're talking about just how the brain can be influenced by these subconscious measures and that's exactly what the mental bank is trying to do okay so we're gonna set those influences on ourselves. 
mm-hmm. knowing that we've got a little bit of a rudimentary evolutionary machine living in our heads. A little but... bit of uh, biohacking going on yeah. here. Like, hey, we figured out how we work. Let's uh, use that to our own advantage. Exactly. I'm all for that. This whole seminar reminded me of one time my family and I were at a tennis park and as we were playing, there was this woman walking laps around our tennis cage. You know, they have those high walls. Mm-hmm. And she had headphones on, so clearly she was following some sort of program. But she kept yelling out, I am beautiful. And then she would clap. Oh. I am a creature of light. Clap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You know, Now I'm just totally guessing. But, you right. know, she was saying things like that were kind of bombastic and wild and sometimes highly spiritually charged yeah, yeah, yeah. about just how radiative and wonderful and amazing she is yeah then followed by a clap some affirmations yeah and i thought oh okay she's following some sort of guru or Mm -hmm. or something that's telling her to shout all these things i make thousands of dollars every week clap yeah see those kinds of affirmations i really struggle with for Hmm. me it has to be like still pretty rooted or else i just immediately i'm like well that's not true and like ah. I, I, my mind just rejects it. Interesting. So I can be like, I'm beautiful or I'm thin, even though I want to lose eight pounds or whatever, you know, but it has to still be like, OK, there's truth in there. Like that's mostly true. Okay. And I'm just reinforcing that. The as long parts. as the leap is not uh, too great. Too, yeah, too big. But if yeah, if I'm like, I make a million dollars a year. Right. My then just like, shut up, Carrie. <laughs> rejected. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Silly statement. <laughs> yeah. Well, if only there were a way to measure your suggestibility. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you mentioned that because there actually is. Oh, where would you find such a measure? In Success is Not the Mental Bank and Concept Accident by (laughs) John G. Kappa's PhD. If time is passing by and you are not receiving your share of success, happiness, and prosperity, MB, the mental bank concept is for you. Carrie is holding a a bright vivid red book that i am selling back to her at a loss because i finished it ten dollars well at least you read your book for the week yeah hey well so this has a suggestibility quiz in it that is really wild (laughs) yeah let's talk about it. yeah i took this thinking oh i can't wait to hear how carrie does oh okay yeah interesting questions yeah a lot of the questions i like i don't know how this fits where are you going with this yeah okay so here they are have you ever walked in your sleep during your adult life? No. Yep, same. As a teenager, did you feel comfortable expressing your feelings to one or both of your parents? My mom. Oh, you know what? I think I misunderstood that one. I Uh-oh. think I thought it said uncomfortable. Yeah, I think I'd actually have to say no on that one. Okay. Okay, this that might changes change your it numbers. slightly. Yeah. It won't change my results. I can tell you that right oh, now. Oh, no? Just okay. Knowing, knowing how the first two <laughs> questions work. Okay. Do you have a tendency to look directly in a person's eyes when you're talking to them? Yes. Yes. Do you feel that most people, when you first meet them, are uncritical of your appearance? I was like, yeah, what a, what I a hope weird, so. What a weird way to state that. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I can see how many people would Yeah, yeah. It's just something opposite. I've never really thought about. Yeah. But yeah. But that probably means I'm lucky. In a group situation with people you have just met, would you feel comfortable drawing attention to yourself by initiating a conversation? <laughs> yes. Or just like, oh, that's no problem. Uh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel do like... Do I need to start a talk? I'll start a talk. I, I feel like look this, over here. this particular questionnaire highlights our similarities. So oh, yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. Sounds like we're getting very similar results so far. 
Do you feel comfortable holding hands or hugging someone you're in a relationship with in front of other people? Yes. Yeah. When someone talks about feeling warm physically, do you begin to feel warm also? No. No. Same. <gasps> oh, I thought Weird. you might say yes uh-huh. because you feel uh, like emotions in your heart. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's a warm feeling. Okay. But But like if you say you're hot in here and I'm like... Oh, I'm cold. I just always think like, oh, how fascinating. I'm cold and he's hot. Okay. Do you tend to occasionally tune out when someone is talking to you because you are anxious to come with banana, 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 banana? I was actually thinking about something different, which is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't remember. I played a little trick on you. That's yeah, not what yeah, it yeah, says. Yeah. Do you tend to tune out because you're trying to come up with your side and at times not hear what the other person That said. was one of those ones where, okay, I can think of examples where yes. I do that sort of thing. I felt the same. I was like, okay, it says occasionally, so fine. Yeah, I think I did say yes on that. Do you feel that you learn and comprehend better by seeing or reading than by hearing? I wasn't really sure, so I said no. I said yes. Okay. Because I will hear something and I'll, uh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. You know, and if it's written, then, okay, I need to even like scan it a couple times. Okay, now I got it. Reading, I think, is probably the best for me. But when people like would rather have a map than directions, I'm like, okay. We'll have to post a graphic of this because people are probably trying to follow along and this is a lot. And they understand better by seeing or reading than by hearing. (laughs) Right. Yes. Well, welcome to a podcast, everybody. If they're not auditory learners. In a new class or lecture, do you usually feel comfortable asking questions in front of the group? (laughs) Yes. Uh, yes, No problem. We got this. (laughs) Carrie feels uncomfortable not asking questions. Uh, Ross feels uncomfortable not asking questions. I don't know what that means. When expressing your ideas, do you find it important to relate all the details leading up to the subject so the other person can understand it completely? Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you're not explaining it well. <laughs> then you're just that stereotypical plumber who loves talking about all the you know, fancy oh, terms uh-huh. without right, explaining right. any of them. Because it's just like, to, I'm proving that I have this knowledge rather than right, sharing this is, it with you. This is a display of my knowledge. Mm, I'm not sure okay. why I'm picking on plumbers. I just feel like that's been the example. Plumbers, please email Ross. Do you enjoy relating to children? This is where we might differ. Oh, interesting. Yes. Oh, I put no. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to finally admit this to myself. Whenever I'm around kids, I'm like, what do I do? I think. What do you need from me? Kids for you are like animals are for me. Like, <gasps> Picture oh. an animal. Yeah, I'm picturing Which an animal. Which animal? Ella. Oh, yeah. And you don't want to relate to her? Well, She's are right you, here. Are you saying you dislike children? I don't want to relate to them. Okay. Is that disliking? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I don't want to relate to animals. You dislike them. Okay, well, you dislike children then. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to admit it to myself. <laughs> I hear the things you say about children and I think, okay, that's how I feel about animals. Uh, yeah, well, when I hear people talk about how they feel about children, I think, oh, that's how I feel about animals. I want all the animals to be happy. Yeah. I just don't feel like I need to be a big part of oh, their lives. Oh, I was walking away and I can understand. So <laughs> my friend Alicia has two kids and I like them, but in a sort of science experiment way. <laughs> just like wow you're getting all these inputs and some of it's genetics and some of it's your parents taking care of you and wow and i just try to stay in that space so i don't get annoyed by like all the things they need well we found one where we have uh, different sensibilities (laughs) do you find it easy to be at ease and comfortable with your body movements even when faced with unfamiliar people and circumstances yeah same do you prefer reading fiction rather than nonfiction? no no (laughs) (laughs) If you were to imagine sucking on a sour, bitter, juicy yellow lemon, would your mouth water? Nope. 
Oh, I got yes on that. Oh, really? And okay. my mouth's doing it again. No, oh, wow. If you feel that you deserve to be complimented for something well done, do you feel comfortable if the compliment is given to you in front of other people? That's one of those ones that depends, but I said yes. Yeah, I think generally I'm yes. If it goes on for a long time, I can get it. I like recognition for accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Sure. If I like people, if they just stand me up there and they're like, everybody look at how pretty she is. If people compliment innate traits, uh-huh, I don't know yeah. what to do with that. Right. Yeah. No, that's what I, that's what I was making a joke about. Right. Right. right yeah. Right. Do you feel that you're a good conversationalist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was an example right there. Uh-huh. Do you feel comfortable when complimentary attention is drawn to your physical body or appearance? No. Oh, okay. I said yes, but it has to be brief. And I guess it depends on who the deliverer is. If it goes on like a long time, I think okay. I would be uncomfortable. But but if it's just like you look pretty in that photo, I'm like, well, okay. I guess yeah, I I don't I don't know what to do with a physical compliment, and I I guess I appreciate it, but sure. I don't oh, know what to okay. say back to that. Oh right, okay. Good. And I'm suspicious of it. So that was questionnaire one. Questionnaire two is going to be totally different, <sighs> different in every possible yeah, way. So why okay. are there two? Oh, because they're so different. You'll see. Uh, question one. Have you ever awakened in the middle of the night and felt that you could not move your body and or talk? I said no. Yeah, same. I've never had sleep paralysis. I, yeah, a little jealous of people who have it. I know, me too. And my good friend Abe has it really, really bad and describes like how terrifying it is. So right. I have to remember to like respect that, that, oh yeah, if I actually had it, it would probably be awful. I want that experience, but one with time. parameters, yeah. right? I want to be able to choose when I have it. Totally. But yeah, apparently it's awful. As a child, did you feel that you were more affected by your parents' tone of voice than by what they actually said? That was weird. I initially said yes to that. Okay, I said no. But on reflection, I felt, well, maybe no was the better answer. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because I couldn't come up with any specific like, well, the thing they said wasn't so bad, but it was the way they said it. I didn't. Mm. Um, If someone you are associated with talks about a fear that you have experienced before, Do you have a tendency to have an apprehensive or fearful feeling also? No, I do not. I said yes because it just felt like something that seemed like a human experience, but I couldn't think of anything. That's interesting. I don't feel there are any big fears that play a major role in my mental landscape. Uh Uh-huh. And I feel like this came up recently when we had the April Fool's episode and uh we were talking about eating disorder issues and that was really difficult for a lot of people. Because I think maybe they would answer yes to this question, you know, just hearing me talk about something that I was kind of just inwardly focused on Uh and thinking of in a very different way, you know, could resonate so deeply with them. And that was a learning experience for me. Gotcha. But I don't feel that. The first thing I think of is like, I'm afraid of blood, but like, it doesn't feel like fear. It just feels like, well, I'm going to get lightheaded and Mm. grossed out and then I'm going to faint. But if people talk about it, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I just don't have any uh, touch point for that. After having an argument with someone, do you have a tendency to dwell on what you could or should have said? Oh, of course. Yes. Oh, okay. See, I said no for that one. Oh, re- what? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all I do. No, I don't think I usually like think like, oh, I should have said X. Oh, I'll, wow. I'll think I, well, okay, I probably should address this again and I should say X in the future, but I won't think like, oh, wow. This is what I should have done in the moment. Oh, no. I'll replay it for, you know, the next 10 years. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you tend to occasionally tune out when someone is talking to you and therefore banana? there you go again (laughs) and therefore do not hear what was said because your mind drifts to a banana actually i think i said no to the other one but yes to this one yep same okay yep (laughs) do you sometimes desire to be complimented for a job well done but feel embarrassed or uncomfortable when complimented hmm 
I said no. I want to be complimented for a job well done, and then I'm pleased about it. I think I said no to that one as well. Do you often have a fear or dread of not being able to carry on a conversation with someone you've just met? No. Nope. Do you feel self-conscious when attention is drawn to your physical body or appearance? Yes. Okay, I said no. If you had a choice, would you rather avoid being around children most of the time? Is it yes? No. You know what the exception is, though? One time I went to see Babe. At the Arrow Theater, and it was mostly kids. And uh-huh. I realized, like, oh, they react to this the way I react to babe. <laughs> I belong amongst you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. maybe that's it. I'm like, I need all this care. And you Don't said, suck up all the care. Finally, you said, that'll do, kids. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. When the farmer turned his, the farmer almost kills babe halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. He turned his gun on babe, and everyone was like, no, no. And I was like, I know. And then he, and then he stopped, and everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, see, we're having the same experience All right. now. Carrie made a connection with some kids. <laughs> Do you feel that you're not relaxed or loose in body movements, especially when faced with unfamiliar people or circumstances? No. No. Do you prefer reading nonfiction rather than fiction? Well, yes. yes. Though you could have ascertained that from my previous response. <laughs> but that was questionnaire one. That was totally different. Unless you like them exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> right. If someone describes a very bitter taste, do you have difficulty experiencing the physical feeling of it? So I said no there. Oh, so just from like, their I description. Had a really, really bitter coffee. Does your mouth start going like? Ugh. Oh, nope. Oh, okay. So it's yes but for you. It's just you talking about your bitter coffee. Okay. Oh, interesting. My brain doesn't engage in. Oh, okay. Try to feel bitterness. So yeah, these these taste parts we yeah. have different. Do you generally feel that you see yourself less favorably than others see you? No. No. Do you tend to feel awkward or self-conscious initiating touch with someone you are in a relationship with in front of other people? No. No. In a new class or lecture, do you usually feel uncomfortable asking questions in front of the group? Didn't <laughs> no. we talk about this? No. It feels like one of those interrogations where they're asking all the same questions slightly differently. Right. We're going to trip you up. Yep. Do you feel uneasy if someone you have just met looks you directly in the eyes when talking to you, especially if the conversation is about you? Nope. No. In a group situation with people you've just met, would you feel uncomfortable drawing attention to yourself by initiating a conversation? You just (laughs) asked me this. No. Oh, wait. Feel uncomfortable. Oh, mine's no also. If you are in a relationship or are very close to someone, do you find it difficult or embarrassing to verbalize your love for them? No. No. So I'm going to guess we had a similar results. Yeah. Okay. Um, What did you end up with? I am completely unsuggestible. I'm so unsuggestible. I'm off the chart of suggestibility. Oh. You know what? I think... Uh-huh. Like the way that the chart is labeled is uh-huh. the reverse of how the written description tells you how to get to your score. Oh, I okay. En- I ended up going with this the way it's actually labeled. Like oh. the the y axis says why is this combined so score. Difficult. Yeah, it's okay. So then it'd be ninety. 75, but okay. But now I have to do the scoring again then. Okay. Um, <laughs> Please hold. So Ross, why don't you describe how you come up with the thing and I'll come up with the thing. So Carrie is recalculating because this is highly complicated. So here's how you score your suggestibility. Number one, count the number of yes answers on questionnaire one. Give yourself five points for each yes answer to questions three through 18. Why, why would he name those first instead of one and two? And 10 points for each yes answer to questions one and two. Put them in order. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two, do the same for questionnaire number two. All right. Number three. Add the two questionnaire scores together to obtain the combined score. All right, we can do addition. Number four, on the scoring chart on the next page, 
look up the combined score you got on both questionnaires on the horizontal axis of the chart and circle the number. So unnecessary. Number five, find your score for questionnaire number one along the vertical axis of the chart and circle the number. Six, I think this is where they get it wrong. Draw a horizontal line across the page from the questionnaire number one score, then draw a vertical line down from the combined score. See, oh, it's, it's because, the uh, okay. they want it's you to flip true, the book. But you, they want you to flip the book. That's yeah. right. Okay. Okay, so what was your final score? 65. But the wait, then you subtract that from 100, right? So oh, yeah. your final score is 35? Oh, right. So okay. number seven, the number in the box where the two lines intersect is the adjusted percentile score for questionnaire number one. It indicates your percentage of physical suggestibility. Subtract that score from 100 to determine your percentage of emotional sensibility. So my physical suggestibility is 65 and my emotional ah, suggestibility is 35. Interesting. My physical sensitivity is 76, I guess. Okay. And my total suggestibility is 24. Does that sound right? Sure. 60. I have higher physical suggestibility. Which makes sense. The sour stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then you have higher emotional because you like kids. I, okay, I guess so. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of myself as the more emotional. Yeah, of the two. me neither. But these questions were not well done. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to share this uh, so everybody else can give us their scores. God, how complicated! Oh yeah, so needlessly complex. N- nearly no reason for them to be two different questionnaires. I mm. guess they're figuring that questionnaire one is like more important and should be more weighted than okay. questionnaire two but there's got to be an easier way to do that i don't know it makes as much sense as subtracting your actual real world income from your imaginary <laughs> income yeah so i guess i'm pretty physically suggestible it still doesn't seem right though like i don't sleepwalk all of that stuff Okay. I, yeah, right. I don't know. But it is true. You but, talk about a bitter lemon, a sour lemon long enough, and I will be like, well. But this is important because it kind of gives you a sense when you're writing your mental bank ledger how literal you need to be in your descriptions. And because mm-hmm. we are on the physical suggestibility side of the scale, we should be writing more concrete goals. Oh, is that the point? Rather than the more abstract <sighs> goals. Okay, so I should be like, go to the gym for half an hour a day. My goal is to lose X number of pounds. Okay, well, that's good to know because I was sort of going the other way with how I wrote my goals. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, okay, maybe that's useful. It was a crazy way to get there, but maybe (laughs) that's useful. Well, Ross, Ross, is it? I'm Ross. You know, sometimes I just feel like while I'm figuring this out and I'm taking these two axes and pushing them together, I feel like I'm just like, Getting all curled up like a flamingo. Why did that animal come to your mind? I think I was being influenced by the company that sponsored this episode in part. Oh, yes. Flamingo. Yeah, exactly. I know about them. They were started at Harry's, which is a men's shaving brand, by a collective of women there who saw an opportunity to create better hair removal solutions for women. And they sure done did. I used my flamingo yesterday. Yeah. It is a freaking good razor. Yeah. I'm sold. No. Carrot. I'm going to use it. I'm going to keep buying the heads. 
Carrie, Carrie has said it. this offline as well. Mm-hmm. Legit good razor. Yeah, for real. My wife feels the same way too. She said, right. oh yeah, this is nice. Yeah, <laughs> see, there you go. And Kara's a soft-spoken gal, so she says, huh, <laughs> this is nice. That means it's really good, you guys. Kara <laughs> does not mind sharing bad opinions if she has them. Oh, that's true. That's true. I was just telling Ross that with movies, I feel like about a third of the time, you're like, it was good. Kara hated it. Yep. Kara <laughs> is a critic. She is definitely a critic, but she loves this razor. Anyways, Flamingo has designed a shave set dedicated to helping you enjoy shaving. It's a $22 value, but for you listening to this podcast, it's only $16 and ships free. That's right. The shave set is your end-to-end routine in one reusable pouch, gel, the razor, extra blade, lotion, and a holder so it doesn't just get lost in your shower. And it's 2019, you guys. So, of course, it's all cruelty and parvin free. Of course. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get a set with all your shave essentials from Flamingo, the brand that Vogue, Glamour, really everybody is talking about. It's a $22 value for just $16 with free shipping today when you visit shopflamingo.com slash oh no. That's right. Visit shopflamingo.com slash O-H-N-O. And then you'll find yourself thinking about flamingos when someone says, picture an animal. You'll be like, I have flamingo. Flamingo. All right. So going back to the topic of suggestibility. Yes. That is the point of this program. And what they want to do is trigger a bunch of very small intermediate changes that add up over time. But George was saying, you'll never feel this working. Yeah, I like this part of the philosophy because I think this is a hard-won wisdom you get as you get a little older and start realizing like, oh, okay, a weekend retreat to kickstart my creativity, that's never going to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly going to boot camp for two weeks to lose 10 pounds, that's never going to be the thing. The mm-hmm. thing is going to be just like making very subtle, gradual changes over a really long time. This reminds me of uh, Richard Dawkins' Climbing Mount Improbable. Ah, right, okay. The, the whole message of that book is people will say, oh, well, you never see a frog give birth to a duck. when when they're trying to criticize evolution (laughs) Uh and well that's a stupid thing to say but (laughs) because first of all frogs don't give birth end of conversation (laughs) it's gradual change that adds up over time and so when you look at that you know bald cliff face and go wow there's no way i could get to the top of that little do you realize you can climb mount improbable by going around the opposite side and working Uh, your way up slowly the gradual ramp uh, right, 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 And that's how evolution does it. Small changes are adding up over time. And it's how personal evolution does it, too. And that's how the mental bank program does it. I'm also reading a book called Changeology that's by the leading psychologist in behavior change. Well, alive today, probably not of all time. Because mm-hmm. B.F. Skinner was a very great man. But the same sort of stuff applies where it's just like, we want you to commit to these changes. We want you to get excited about mm-hmm. them. But don't get so excited that if you burn out, you have ruined it for yourself. So uh, George Kappas had all these examples of people coming to him and saying, oh, it's so weird. Like, I didn't feel like anything was happening. But now I've achieved my goal. I have made twice as much money as I did last year. And that's the idea. You'll just you'll never know for sure if it's working, but down the line somewhere you'll realize, oh wait, I've come so far. Yeah. And the journey of a thousand miles begins with With one suddenly taking a really long jog (laughs) and being like, I'm gonna do this every day for the next thirty years. No, see it never works like that. (laughs) I was gonna say that that sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) No, it begins with one step. Yeah. This is wisdom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And he gives yet another example of, you know, if you drop a pebble inside of a barrel, it might not even splash out any water. But if you keep doing that one every day, 
you know, in a couple of years, I know, there's I'd, no I'd, water in that barrel. <laughs> exactly. I was waiting for him to be like, after a while, the water overflows. And then the analogy was like, oh, no, after a while, there's no water because it evaporated. It sounded like one of us making an analogy <laughs> right. and then realizing like, well, Thinking, waiting on, let me work physics in. Yeah, well, we have <laughs> left this barrel for a long time. Okay, well, first, so- there's going to be some flies that come around. <laughs> And I suppose there will be rain refilling the barrel from time to time. Yeah, it was yeah, an overthought. There will be external factors. And it was, yeah, now that I think about it, this isn't a good analogy. An overthought analogy, yeah. but we got the Yeah, we get it. We got the gist. All right, so here we get our recipe for success. You've been waiting for it, listeners. How do I become successful? What are the six steps, Ross? Number one, come to believe. He had kind of an interesting definition of this, because I admit I heard come to believe, and I thought... Okay, how do I just like will myself to believe something? That's right. not going to work. What is but, this, Polar Express with Tom Hanks? Exactly. It's such a horrible film. Well, my mom used to read that book to us, though, growing the up. The book was fine. Yeah. Then they tried to extrapolate it into a movie. Uh, the whole message of the film is just believe. Oh, right. Just believe. What? Does it matter just like who gets to you first? Right. You're just going to believe whatever it's, they this say? This is like my hatred of Slumdog Millionaire, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get there later. But yeah, that's but, not what he was saying. Yeah, his definition was like, come to the table of belief. Like, play with this belief. Uh, yeah. Engage with it. You're coming to it the way you come to a house. And you'll say this later, you know, fake it till you make it. Uh-huh. There's sort of an element of that mm-hmm. there as well. Like, okay, I'm not feeling it right now, but I'm just going to... Start engaging Keep going. with it. Yeah. yeah. Number two, daily reinforcement. And uh, as he was writing this on the board, it, he was messing up on the spelling, and he said, "Spelling is not part of my story." Yeah. Because as we learned <laughs> early, you know what makes you achieve something is not your your wealth, or your attractiveness, your or anything. It's your story. Wait, what is that from? It's the last lines of Hamilton. Oh, nice. You know. While we're on the podcast, I mm-hmm. just want to say, if anyone wants to cast me as King George in any legal production of Hamilton, I will do it. I will fly to you. I don't care what city you are in. I don't care if you pay me money. It does not matter. If it is a legal production of Hamilton, I will come and I will play King George in it. Thank you. Now, do you truly tweet about this every day? No, it's slowed down a little. I would say I tweet about it every third day, though. Well, Carrie... Number two, daily reinforcement. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm going to have to now. <laughs> if okay. you really want to be King George. But now I'm going to have to be like, I am King George in any legal production. <laughs> you can put that as your daily affirmation. <laughs> totally. Okay, I'm going to put it in there. Let's see if in one year we can get me into one legal production Do of it. Hamilton. Carrie's, Carrie's opening up her <laughs> mental bank ledger. Okay. I well, am how playing... do I put this in my value events? No, no, it's just going to be your uh, your yeah, daily it's affirmation. Have to be my affirmations. Okay. okay, so I'll do it for tonight because I started filling out tonight. But hey, the first time, time you play King George, then you can give yourself um, like a times five. Oh my god, bonus. I'm going to be so excited. Okay, <laughs> uh, affirmation number four tonight is I am playing King mm-hmm. George in a legal. Now, legal. This is important. Mm-hmm. I want Lin-Manuel Miranda to be paid for his work in a legal production this is not some random person just saying you know what i'm gonna make carrie feel better i'm gonna create my own quote unquote hamilton i can't tell you how many people have been like okay i'm gonna do it in my garage I'm gonna fly. Will you fly here? And really? Have you yeah, gotten, I've gotten offers a few like of those, that? Oh, which are very fine. sweet, but not what i'm going for here you would need to get the rights from mr lin-manuel miranda cool i Great. agree that's gonna happen in one year all right Carrie's not throwing away her shot. Okay, He said something I really liked here. He asked us as one of those kind of rhetorical questions, but he actually wanted an answer. When does history happen? History has its eye on Uh you. Oh, no. 
it started. <laughs> oh no, this whole episode now. So the how often does history occur? Every day. Uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, which yeah. is good because I, I think people tend to fetishize history mm-hmm. that it's oh it happened before or it takes certain special people oh right and uh, that reminds me of that commencement address steve jobs gave i think at stanford anyways one year he, he gave this great speech he was essentially telling people all history was accomplished all these great inventions and processes and historical moments were all achieved by people just like you oh yeah totally yeah. so you know, you have that same ability mm-hmm. to go out and change the world and do these things they were no smarter than you i mean obviously there are some really smart people out there but you can go make history yourself yeah uh, so yeah i, I think like that. we also fetishize invention over innovation which is a shame because like so much of i mean maybe the best thing human beings have done is like education and sharing information with one another mm-hmm. so when you have this idea that you have to like destroy all that was and built up something built up something new yes you can actually do away with all the good humanity has done you can throw out a lot of babies with that bath water or or animals if you don't care about babies Yeah, exactly i mean yeah don't throw away the puppy and ashley bath water don't underestimate the power of small changes over time. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and ooh, using, there's themes emerging And this having episode. the humility to accept that people before you did amazing things and yes. learning those things is probably one of the best things you could do for the world. I find this all the time. I think in the business world, people will want to start a new program. Mm-hmm. And so they'll say, oh, okay, well, this thing's been around for a while. So mm-hmm. rather than trying to sustain it or reinvigorate it. What if I reinvent the wheel? What if I, yeah, exactly. What if I start just, oh, you know, I hatch this out of my own brain and then I call it something new and I mm-hmm. you know can take credit for it and then we'll relaunch it. We'll make a big deal out of it. Oh, look at this new program. And it's essentially the same exact thing. Yeah. But now you've rebranded it and thrown away all the old records. This is something uh, my best friend Claire says a lot because she's a nonprofit advisor, a nonprofit Best friend, huh? <laughs> I always have trouble telling people what she does, and she's always like, no, that's not it. Uh, but basically, she helps people run nonprofits more mm-hmm. efficiently. But when someone talks about starting a nonprofit, one of the first things she says is like, are you sure you need to start one? Because mm. there are a lot of really good nonprofits. Might you better serve an existing nonprofit making that thing better? Right. Yeah. Oh, but then my name won't be on it. Right. I want to I wanna be the person who changes everything mm-hmm. instead of the person who yeah. humbly submits to the existing goodness of the world. These are tough problems. These are tough problems, but we solved them. Thank you for listening. Okay, number three, symbolic language. Yeah, we didn't really get much of an explanation of this. I feel like he glided past this pretty quickly. But there were a lot of people nodding. I feel like the people who are in the hypnosis program were like, oh, we know about that. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that because when I first came in, he was saying, fill up the first two rows with just students and everybody else can sit in the back. Mm. And at some point he had us raise our hands Mm. if we were actually students there. Mm -hmm. And then he asked for visitors and there were like four of us at the time. Oh, shit. I think it's before you arrived that were visitors. So there were at most like six at the end. So pretty much everyone was enrolled there Uh or part of the school. Okay. Nonprofit consultant. Oh, she's I was going to say consultant. consultant. sounded like you were describing (laughs) consultant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But well, I was listening. Advisor banana. works for that. You were as well. saying so when bananas. people are talking, are you working? <laughs> I'm guilty of you that. Were talking about as bananas, much as I remember. Anybody sometimes. Okay. So symbolic language. Yeah. What did we feel like 
he was getting at with oh, that. Oh, yeah. So I think he was talking about the affirmations. I think he was saying, you're not going to be saying things that are literally true about you, but things that are like oh. emblematic of who you are slash who you want to be. Okay. So again, like sort of on the edge of aspiration. In, in that way, learning to deal with non-literal yeah. representations of things that you want to manifest. That was me filling in gaps. I'm not sure that he actually said okay. those things. Might be something other than that. Number four, I was really interested in this. Idiomotor response. Yeah, we talk about the idiomotor effect a lot. Yeah, we've talked about it in terms of the Ouija, Ouija board and dowsing pendulums, rods. dowsing. Uh, the idiomotor response figures into some other pseudoscience practices as mm -hmm. well. But it's basically that when you're expecting your body to do something or you're even thinking about your body doing something, your tiny little muscles will start performing that action without passing through your conscious mind. So you probably do it most when you're driving. You know, if I think like, I want to just very slowly veer into that left lane. I don't have to actually tell my hands to move. Mm -hmm. I just slowly will go into the left lane. That's your idiomotor effect taking over. And you go, whoa, how did that happen? That's crazy. And so uh, John G. Kappas in his book uses that term just more broadly to say any process that bypasses your conscious brain, mm -hmm. essentially. But especially with writing. He said that, yeah, typically it applies to motor control of the hands, but yeah, uh, here he was mentioning handwriting as being so important to all this. Yeah, so in the book, it's like, you got to write it out longhand. That's so important. Get that muscle memory in your hands. The book was originally written before personal computers. Right. So yeah, there wasn't even an option. I mean, you could use a typewriter. But right. He, he was saying, yeah, don't print this. You should actually just write it. So now George, that's the guy who was giving the, the talk. He was like, well... Now we believe that it's whatever is your normal, natural way of writing. So if most of the day you're using a computer, that is now your way of writing. So you can use that. I still feel... It seems like a cheat. Yeah. John G. Kappas, the father, made... He's rolling over in his fucking grave. <laughs> <laughs> made the point very clearly, like, this is super important that you write this out, that you yeah. have this, like, my mom would always call it kinesthetic learning. Oh, uh -huh. You learn through t touching and that... Uh, kind of tactile feel and i agree that's probably way more effective like mm -hmm. if i write something down mm -hmm. i'm gonna remember it better yeah but if i type something i'm still gonna remember it better than i would than just, just sitting there sitting there exactly yeah. which we find with these investigations all the yeah. time the handwriting really helps so yeah i prefer like with pretty much all my note-taking Almost all. I use a pen and paper. So uh, that was interesting that the term idiomotor response mm -hmm. was right there as one of their recipe for success ingredients. Number five, magic 30 minutes. You're going to enter suggestible moments every day and they're guaranteed between sleep and waking as you're going into sleep and as you're coming back out. So that's when you're at your most suggestible. Mm -hmm. And that's when you want to deliver a symbolic language to change your story. So, so like you were saying, I think that <laughs> I, I think that's the uh, affirmation that you have in your head as you're going to sleep. You know, mm -hmm. I am playing right. King George. <laughs> that's right. And then and then soon you'll see that you are playing him. Oh, I see what you're doing. You'll be back. Yeah. Soon you'll see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that it. is my favorite song of the whole play. Yeah, his whole, I mean, it's the same song and with different words, but yeah, all of his songs are the, the best songs. And I think I'd fucking nail it, you guys. I think I'd fucking, I am fucking nailing it. Yes. I am already fucking nailing <laughs> no, it. No, you've got <laughs> See, no, you just sound delusional. <laughs> if I would just go around being like, I'm actually in Hamilton. <laughs> 
Now you are the lady walking around the tennis court. Yes. I am a being of light. I am Clap. King George in a legal production of Hamilton. Clap. Clap. <laughs> I am a warrior on the third plane of heaven. Clap. Okay, number six, precognitive dreams. So you are the only person who knows your whole history. Oh, yeah. Uh, he asked us that rhetorically and everyone knew the answer. He's like, who's the only person who knows everything that's ever happened to you? And everyone was like, me. Jeff. Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> I actually, I thought it was going the other way. I thought it was going to be like, no one, even you don't remember everything oh, that happened okay. to you. I did not consider that. I, I was, was waiting for that. You are. I was one up. I was capping the capas. Yeah, well done. It was kind of like the Sunday school question where you know the answer is Jesus. Right, right. <laughs> who is the only one who has the power to forgive you? King Jesus. George. Oh. oh, King George. <laughs> He also made the point here that every day the subconscious compares our present against our past. I think that's true. That's interesting. And he was saying how the subconscious kind of uses that to achieve that homeostasis. Right. And kind of keep us doing the same thing. Hey, okay, well, this is what you do. This is who you are. Right. So you're going to do more of that. That's what all of learning is, is, Mm -hmm. you know, taking in these inputs, storing them in your subconscious so you don't have to keep relearning them over and over. That's good. Yeah. But, you know, just sometimes... You learn the wrong thing and you have to go back and tweak it. And here I think we have this example of even if there are underlying explanations of how this is working, the underlying mechanisms might be slightly wrong or out of date. Still, they're just effective techniques because of that. Yeah. Because, yeah, repetition works. Yeah, man. So and that- also repetition works. <laughs> That's true. You, you never make thought a good, about it like that, did no, you? No, yeah, you made a good point there. So your precognitive dreams are you get these thoughts lodged well within your head and change that story. So th- that's the whole story. recipe for success. Is this fun? <laughs> it, this is very fun. <laughs> this is very fun. You know, I think I'm going to make a whole blog about this. Yeah? Yeah. Where should I put it? I don't know. Do you want it to be high quality? Yeah, I want it to be high quality. Okay. Yeah. Do you want it to be like the design? Do you want it to be world class oh. or are you okay with like county class? Mm. I mean, I'm going to be using this to try to get cast in, as we know, a legal production of Lin Manuel Miranda's Oh, a Hamilton. legal one. Okay. So I think it should be world class and I think it should showcase my work. I might want to sell some products and services. I'm going to want it to be beautiful, obviously. And obviously, I'm going to want to announce all my upcoming dates wherein I'll be playing King George in a legal production of Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton. Okay, well, if you're trying to achieve all that, you're probably going to want to set up your site on Squarespace. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're they- actually sponsoring this episode in part, right? Oh, that's weird. Are yeah, they? I think so. Okay. Well, they offer beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers. Oh, okay. Now, is everything optimized for mobile right out of the box? Yes. Okay. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, perfect. Because I'm going to need that for my campaign to play King George in a legal production of Lin-Manuel Miranda's mm-hmm, Hamilton. Mm-hmm, which you are doing already. Mm-hmm. And it also has built-in search engine optimization. And 24-7 award-winning customer support, which is perfect because I'm going to be in an award-winning musical 
a legal production of Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton as King George. And that's probably what the site's going to be about. That's good. We'll make it stand out with a beautiful website from Squarespace. If you guys are interested in doing the same, just head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code ONO to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. Enter code ONO. I like how we are programming everybody's subconscious now with Squarespace. (laughs) Speaking of which, Mm -hmm. we also have a Jumbotron. What? Come on. You're making that up. So uh, establish a mental picture of yourself at a a football stadium. Okay. There's the kiss cam going on. Okay. And then all of a sudden, bright on the screen, (gasps) it says, from Bella to Tyler. What? And then it's followed by a message. What do you see in your mind's eye? Okay, in my mind's eye, I see, happy birthday, Tyler. I love you. That's amazing. I saw the exact same thing. No, you did not. You know what? Repetition helps. Happy birthday, Tyler. I I love love you. you. From Bella. Oh. I like Bella. She has a similar name to Ella. I wonder if there's a Tyler out there right now going like, who is this Bella who loves me? <laughs> I'm the only I need person to find named her. Tyler. Yeah. That's probably what's happening. Well, to the Tyler for whom it was intended. Uh, happy birthday. Bella loves you. What else? What else? What else? What else happened? George did want to give us some ideas about when to do our mental banks. That came up a lot because I know I'm often cramming in a lot of my daily achievements at the end of the day. And so the oh. question is... Do I need to wait to do my mental bank until after everything is done and Mm. I'm ready to hit the hay, as they say? Or will you be too exhausted and you forget to do it? Right. At the same time, we know that that's when you're putting all the stuff into your subconscious that you're going to be dreaming about and working through and thinking about while you sleep. Yeah. Hoo doggy. So at least in his estimation, it should be the last thing you do Mm -hmm. a few minutes before you go to sleep. And his recommendation was to not get horizontal in your bed before you fill out your mental bank. Don't be supine. Mm. Supine? Yeah. Yeah. You want to to do your mental bank. And he made a little joke that clearly alluded to the fact that he might be laying down to sleep next to his wife or he might be having sex with his wife. A little something else. There's only two things he does while laying horizontal in his bed. Use your imagination. There's something that rhymes with mental bank that he could be doing as well. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, also, you could do a million things while laying down. He also said, if you are going to get really tired... I'd rather have you do it a little before that half hour than you maybe miss it or rush through it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this half hour thing is a suggestion. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay. I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but I use an app on the iPhone called Carrot mm-hmm. to log all of my daily activities. So I know if I need to get something done, I put it in Carrot and then I get that really pleasant feeling of swiping to the right. Item one is grab lab coat. Yeah. Sorry if you're looking, but uh, what? No, that's fine. Andrew is filming a short film with his friends, and Ah. one of them needs to be a doctor. And at work, we have a bunch of lab coats, so I'm going to borrow one for him to use. And then, oh, I have to write a review for success is not an accident. Nice. And then I have to test our Twitch streaming. Oh, let's announce that. People should know. That on April April 27th. At 9 a.m. a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Time, I will be playing Portal. And then Carrie may recognize after she plays that game that this app is kind of a homage to 
Gladys from the game. But right. she wouldn't recognize that now. Anyway, so this is a passive-aggressive robot inside this app. And if I don't get enough things done, she'll turn on me. Then the interface turns black and red instead of oh, wow. white okay. and blue as it is now. And she makes fun of me all the time. Oh, wow. But there is a cat that lives here under the cat cam. Gave us a little meow. Let's feed her. All right, what are we going to give her? Candy, peanut butter, uh, porterhouse? Candy. Candy. So then, oh, she get her little ball. She's having a little candy. little mechanized arm delivers she, the candy on a tray. Needs your little kitty. Cat eats. Okay, Cat is happy. Remember. I can. Oh, I'm gonna pet her. Okay. Oh, kids get a little scratchy, scratchy. So that is the app that kind of rules my life. And so okay. at my coworkers know if I put something in the carrot app, it's gonna get done. Okay. So if they ask me to do something, I put it here. They're like, oh, Ross is gonna take care of that. And I am at level 448. Wow. Which means I've been using it way longer than probably most people. Anyway, I'll be doing Portal, which as we all know is a video game. Yeah. And we're going to stream Twitch stream it. Yeah, twitch.tv slash podcast. And then we'll keep the video and we'll put it up on YouTube or something. So if you're, you know, in some time prohibitive place, don't worry. It's all cool. It's all cool. We're going through the portal together. Can you go through the portal? She'll be back. Does that make sense? Soon you'll see. Yeah. Oh, you'll be going through I'll many be going portals. Through the portals. Okay. Yeah. Lot. You'll be making them and going through them. I have a note here. You're going through the portal. Oh, Am you were so close to, to it. Yeah. Is? I have a note here. Okay, I'm making so, a note here. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. I'm making a note here. Huge, huge success. Good. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, enough people have tweeted at me now that it's stored there in my mental bank. And I love that you're going to be going through the game waiting for that to be said. Mm-hmm. Is it at the end? Yes. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> and there's something uh, about I, cake. I hope I'm not giving away too much here. Okay. So back to our mental I don't bank know. class. You possibly could be, but okay. Anyways, yeah. Best to do this all before you go to sleep. But you can go back and write in the ledger later, mm-hmm. but you want it fresh in your mind. And Don't forget that this is a hypnosis school, so we want to be playing with your most suggestible state, which is as you're falling asleep. Indeed. Uh, he gave us some good advice from Jerry Seinfeld on writing. Don't break the chain. Just keep writing. Yeah, just don't miss a day. That's the important thing. Just keep yep. doing it. Just keep writing. Just keep writing. I should take that to, writing, uh, to writing, heart. Just keep writing. And then he mentioned Danny Stock. You'd heard this name before? No, I just looked it up while we were there. Oh, okay. He said that one day he noticed that they were getting all of these people signing up for the mental bank program on the website. And the- they were all like, Danny Stock sent me. Yeah. They were trying to figure out, why, why are we getting all these new signups and all this new money? This is great. So Danny Stock, by the way, is an army veteran with a full-time job, wife, and two little girls. He doesn't have time to drive all over town sourcing products. So he came up with a system that allowed him to take advantage of what time he did have his lunch breaks. I think he basically teaches you to drop ship on Amazon. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's my guess from looking very briefly at his website. But he's the one who sent a bunch of people to buy the mental bank program. He was like, this is what did it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, whatever works for you. Yeah. And I think this could work for a lot of people. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So then we had a break. We were told it was going to be a 15-minute break. How long was it? It was a 24-minute break. Oh, boy. And that's how much you spent on your book. Oh, weird. Yeah. In dollars. A dollar per minute. Uh, While you were buying the book for me, I could have walked to Chipotle and gotten some food. It's true. Instead, I sat there and I took pictures of the room mm-hmm. and kept writing in my notebook. Anyways. And I went and got our two books together. And I got us cups of water. Also, did we mention the very confusing signage all around this outfit? There was a sign that was like, you want to go to the top? 
go, go to, to the, the right, right and, and then the arrow, arrow points, points to, to the left. left. Yeah. Huh? And then it said something about the bookstore and it said like, go through the double doors or something, which is true, but the double doors were way far from that sign and that sign was next to a different set of double doors. Oh. It was all just like, uh, is this the so, Darren Brown experiment a here? sociology experiment. Yeah. But I don't think it was. I think just someone didn't pay much attention. Fair. So when we got back, that's when he really got into how to fill out your ledger. So we've talked about a lot of this already. He said that we're all going to found our own brand new company called The Mental Bank. All right. And I'm the CEO. And we're opening the ledger. Yeah. CEO, CFO, CTO, mm-hmm. any CEOs you want. President. Um, and your income, of course, is going to be two times your real income. In, but your real income, we call your reality income. Yeah, and he said he said to just pull that from your W-2, and it's pre-tax. That's yes. important. He made a wonderful point about taxes that I totally agree with. He said, well, tax is an expense. It's something that you pay so that you get roads and police officers and fire workers yeah. and teachers and stuff. And I, I really like looking at taxes that way. Oh, absolutely. Just like thing I have You're to just do. taking extra money from me. You know what I do with flipping the script a lot? When I have a library fine, usually I'm like, God damn it. You know, oh, and right. then I just I just flip it. I go like, oh, I get to give 20 bucks to the library. I love the library. For all this great content they give me. Yeah, I could have bought and, one book with $20 or I can check out how many books did I check out last month? And they're Five? providing all these great resources for the whole community. Right. Yep. And then I feel real great about it. And then I'm like, here's a book. Here's a $20. I'll be back next week. But what about the fact that you were already subsidizing them with your tax money, Carrie? Even better. No, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's money well spent. Go visit your library. Go to the fucking library and check out Factfulness. You're going to love it. The people have been telling us. Oh, I, oh, I know. I put it on hold. Oh, oh I bought it. Oh, I lot, have it. A lot of our Twitter friends. Good. Read it. Yeah. Read it. Why haven't you read it yet? Isn't that part of your mental bank? Just kidding. Take your time. Um, so he also told us a story about his son <laughs> wanting to do the mental bank. And he said, so we went and we stole him a ledger, which <laughs> apparently was a callback. But so I didn't, cute. Didn't know because I had, as we all know, been at Starbucks. And he was giving us various pieces of advice. You know, people having questions. Well, I don't always earn the same amount every year. Okay, well, you average it over three to five years. Little do's and don'ts like that. I'm sure that's especially necessary in L.A. where you have a lot of freelancers, a lot of people whose income goes up and down. I have a lot of pass-through income. Okay, well, here's what you do with that, you know. Mm -hmm. And for children and also for, like, spouses who make their income with the help of a spouse who works outside the home, et cetera, you can still look at your income as how much money is being spent on your life. Mm -hmm. That is what you have earned by virtue of the chores you do or the work you do at home, et cetera. That is your income. But it felt like when it all came down to it, yeah, sure, if you got to fudge things a little bit just to make this work, you know, we're dealing in monopoly money anyway. Right. I did keep thinking, like, okay, well, wait, so if you have a dependent, let's say your kid decides, okay, I make $35,000 a year, then do I, the parent, deduct the $35,000 mm. a year? Probably not. Probably <laughs> you probably not. get questions like this all day long. I know. It's like, Dad, why did you set up this weird arcade I know. I <laughs> thought about asking it, and I just decided, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hypothetical that really does not apply to me. Yeah. Do I want to really test the perimeter? <laughs> Excuse me, if I get married and have a child, and then the child takes the mental bank, well, now, do I, I have deduct all that no, I have technically no? made myself physically incapable of having children, but... <laughs> Let's all discuss my bilateral self-injectomy. <laughs> <laughs> he also said, 
It's okay if your goal isn't financial. Don't get caught up in like, well, I don't care whether I make whatever it is, $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really matter to me. That's fine. You're still using money as a symbolic language for progress. There's our symbolic yep. language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love the thought of all these people, you know, five minutes before they go to bed doing all this math, adding together. Okay, so that's, that's and then 400 times three. That's 1200 Deduct plus. my real money. Do this. Okay, mine is. What oh, it, what, shoot, I got a check today. Yeah, yeah, what, Fuck. Hmm, let me check my bank statement because I have a direct deposit. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> this very complicated before you're going to bed. I'm glad I'm using the online version. Yeah. Good luck to you, Carrie. Thank you. Yeah, I had a friend here when I was filling it out the other day and I was like, showing him and then I was like and now I deduct the money I made today I got a check and now I'm in the red because <laughs> I got more money than my fake money and the idea is to tell yourself that you're worth more than you currently are right. and uh, even more, more than, than you, you think you should get. be yeah. right yeah. right yes uh, in terms of remuneration then eventually you'll meet in the middle somewhere so you're kind of haggling with the universe yeah. So to speak. Then he tells us how to find our hourly wage, which we alluded to in the first episode, but it's very strange math. Apparently, it's based on a 20-hour work week. Yeah, though he he didn't mention that. But yeah, that appears to be the case. He made some uh, cute jokes here about just filling out his own form. He was quickly walking through it on the online one just to give us an example of the things you can put in there. And he said, oh, yeah, I get like a complaint from my wife that I don't listen to her enough. But it's weird. I never hear that complaint. (laughs) Uh, So now he pays himself for listening to her and mm -hmm. for complimenting her because (laughs) this is very cute. He's like, I'll think the compliments. I look at her and I think I did that. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't actually say never it. Never vocalized it. Yeah. Yeah. Very cute. He talks about giving himself credit for paying bills, walking his dog, teaching a class like this. And then he says, it's been really hard being nice to all of you for three hours. <laughs> and he also said, pay yourself for going to work no matter what. Don't tell yourself, oh, this is just like my day job. This is meaningless. No, you're doing that. You're earning money for yourself and your family. Mm-hmm. Pay yourself. So, yeah, it feels like you're kind of double dipping there. Like, oh, well, I got reality income for that. And now I'm getting mental bank points. Oh, yeah, that was my point earlier about using the app Carrot is that, you know, I would feel kind of weird because I'm already marking off these things that I'm doing every day in that app. Mm-hmm. And now I'm putting my mental bank ledger on my Carrot app. Oh, right. I'm putting Carrot in your mental bank. <laughs> At least I don't do that. <laughs> He said, he gave good advice here, pay yourself for stuff you want to value more. So if making sure that you keep up with your doctor and dental appointments uh, is something that's really important to you, go ahead and use that. But if it's like, oh, there's no way you'd ever fall behind on that, maybe you don't have to include it. It's really up to your judgment. Yeah, for me, I feel, we were talking about this earlier, it seems like it should be just the things that you don't already do on your own anyway. That's why you're trying to motivate yourself. But if you put in some of those things that are easier to achieve, then that helps yes. kind of kickstart the And to remind you completion. that like you are doing work all day. Yeah. You know, you're not just goofing off here. That's true. So yeah. you know what? You're right. Yeah, you've talked me out of that. So that is the best way to do it. Yeah, I think so too. What you don't want to be tempted to do is be like, okay, I, uh, I called Natalie, so I'm keeping up my relationships when it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you called Natalie because you were goofing off. So then after you've put in all your value items, then you list your accomplishments for the day that the uh, mental bank happenings so mm-hmm. you you type in your happening so oh i ran into weird al today and shook his hand that was cool <laughs> a real thing that happened yeah there? i did yeah i saw him at doomy's next max oh please good yeah it seems like these are just nice things to happen to you this might be kind of your gratitude journal 
kind of part of your mental yeah, bank. I like that. And you just reflect on some of the, the niceties of the day. Yeah, it's very nice. And uh, I don't keep really like a daily journal journal. So that's kind of functioned in that way. Yeah, I'm enjoying the process. Then you add affirmations at the end. And you only have three spots, at least on the online one, to write affirmations. There's about five lines on the written one. So, you know, depending on how small you make them, you could fit a few in there. Okay. These are those positive statements of, I am doing this. You know, I am earning this amount or I am... Uh, achieving this goal. I am playing King George. It was cute. His example was, I am giving and receiving unconditional love in my marriage. And everyone went, aww. Aww. And then he said, you know, fake it till you make it. (laughs) He also said he needs to walk his dog Brody more. And I think he does. You gotta walk Brody. Okay. Yeah. He said usually his wife does. Yeah, he gotta spend some quality time with Brody. I think that should be his entire list. Okay. Hi, it's Ali Kokesh, one of the cast members of Mission to Zix, a new addition to the Max Fun Network. We're blown away by the welcome we've received from Max Fun listeners, telling us you've discovered the show and are binging it hard, supporting us during the drive, and just being rad humans all around. Mission to Zix is an improvised, obsessively sound designed sci fi comedy epic following a group of ambassadors as they explore the ass end of space. I play Dar, the 12-foot-tall omnisexual security officer with furry scales, chest talons, and a series of flaps and shoots that are for... Nah, you know what, you'll figure it out. We'd be delighted if you joined our crew aboard the aging sentient starship, the Bargerian Jade, as we travel the Zix Quadrant, meeting all sorts of weird aliens played by brilliant guest comedians. That's Mission to Zix, Z-Y-X-X. Oh, this was one of my favorite parts was this one person in the front row held up the paper ledger Mm -hmm. and she pointed out that on the left, you've got your mental bank happenings and on your right, you have your actual ledger thing. And she said, but you said to do the ledger first, but the uh, happenings come first. And he said, no, the ledger comes first and then the happenings going right to left as if he's a fucking mangaka. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, sir. Maybe he, I think you know that we all read love to write in this room. Maybe he went to Hebrew school. <laughs> Though, of oh, course, on great. those pages, uh, they are organized from left to right on each page. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He just like didn't acknowledge that like, oh, yeah, you're right. But we do it. That in was a, order. a smooth it was like, shift in no. pivot. Yeah, no, I think he just, uh, he's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, his dad but came up with all this. A great weirdo. Funny. Smart. Handsome. Looks handsome. Looks good in a short sleeve shirt. He's very hands on. Listen, we're very interested in you. If you're listening to this, we both will date you. Come on our show. He mentions um, that uh, you can write these affirmations for your sales department. There you go. I, so around this point, someone behind me, so must have been near you, said, oh, my God, this is so much work. Oh, Did you hear funny. that? No, I didn't, because uh, I was yeah. right behind you. Yeah, I don't think it was you, because it sounded like a lady's voice. <laughs> yeah, I would have remembered. <laughs> that would be great, though, if you just started saying things out loud like that. And I was like, or oh, if, Jesus, you guys getting a load of this? Or if you referred to me as saying things by saying someone behind me said. <laughs> and then this guy, this brunette man, said this thing. Speaking of writing these things for your business, in the book, 
that his father wrote, he talks about all these businesses that have great potential for success with a minimal investment necessary. The companies that met my qualifications, I'm quoting from the book here, and were classified as high probability businesses were organizations such as Shackley, Amway, Herbalife, Avon, Mary Kay Cosmetics, and others. Those are all pyramid schemes. Yep. Oh, I mean, uh, sorry, FCC. Uh, I, forward Associates. Those are multi-level marketing programs that are not pyramid schemes. So I liked how his dad specifically pointed to these as paragons yeah. of the kinds of business practices that could be helped with his methods. As long as you are the first to start them. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done with all that, you have to write out your acceptance and confirmation so you write out a whole phrase, you know, oh, today I'm earning $3,125 towards my and zero cents. My goal, my mental bank ledger, period. Yeah, and, and you're writing out all those figures. You're not even writing the digits. You're writing the word six. $158 with hyphens and all that, right. Mm-hmm. And then you sign the contract, your name. In, in terms of the online one, you just type in your full name and then it turns green. Oh, okay. You are finished. Then finally, you'll be handling these big amounts of money in your brain. And when you get to handle them in the real world, it won't be such a shock. You'll be like, oh, I've seen $300,000 right? before. Yeah, that's fair. Then he said, it won't be so weird. But don't stop just because you have some success. That's tempting to do where you feel like, okay, I made it. Book is closed. No more mental bank. Remember, these are gradual changes over time. Don't. Oh, don't. <laughs> this, is, this is an inside joke between the two of us that, that we will never explain. never explaining on the show. Yeah. Don't. That's a don't, not, no, not. This is, you guys, this is our favorite joke, and we really will never tell you what it is. Nope. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking about what it is, and it's very funny. <laughs> People ask many, many, many questions, but one of them was, well, what happens if you reach your goal? Well, you just set a new one. You set it up higher, or you just keep going. Right. And someone asked, well, how long do we do this? Hoping he would say, you know, until May... 2023 when the world ends and wouldn't that be great if it just turns out he's a doomsday prophet at the very end oh, of the class oh that's amazing. when the world's ending okay pack it up Th- this was a clever response he said until you don't want to change and grow anymore <laughs> <laughs> I-, I feel also he's practiced all these lines and used them many times before uh-huh. and he's given this presentation so many times and yet i still feel he was engaged as he was giving it uh-huh. uh totally so it didn't it didn't suffer at all from the repetition this one woman got up to turn off the ac just made an executive decision for this entire hot room uh-huh <laughs> just got up and turned the ac off and he was like hey how about you don't do that <laughs> and i respected it so much yeah 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 he like, shot that down very quickly yeah and it wasn't like i'm gonna hedge he was like because there's a lot of people in this room and it's very warm for the rest of us. How about you turn that right back on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I respected it. He also told us about how he changed his signature to make himself more approachable and changing his handwriting changed his personality. And we're just taking his word for it, but he said that it changed his interactions with people. Yeah, graphology is a whole, a whole different thing and maybe we'll get there one day, but uh, I'm a little skeptical of that claim. We'll see if it so happens. So we'll just leave it there. And then he told us that there's going to be a free class on dream therapy in a week, but alas, I cannot make it. I will be out of town. Out of state. Out. That's right. Hanging we- out with a friend, doing a writing retreat. So then we had to review the class. 
Rose. Oh, that's right. They'd given us, uh, us a, a lot of paperwork. Yeah, Rose was the lady who uh, let us in at the beginning after checking us off the list. She when- seemed like kind of a stern taskmistress. Oh, interesting. Well, she saw my name and she said, Poppy. And I said, you're a Rose. I'm a Poppy. And she really liked that. So oh, I, think I she see. she and I are very close You now. were You primed her mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. like you, whereas That's for me, right. it's like, I don't see your name on this list. She's like, uh, Blotcher's not a flower. Get the fuck out of here. Ross is just one letter removed from Rose. Yeah, but really. it is one letter removed. I just, so. I didn't make a deal out of it. But then she found me on the list. She came in at the start of the break and she said, okay, there's three people here I need to talk to. Uh-oh. And I like had this momentary like, uh-oh, we're, we're in trouble. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, she was calling three other people. I'm trying to think of who the third would be. If you and I were in trouble, who would be the third person who's there <laughs> and in trouble? Daisy Ellingsworth, come up here. <laughs> We're getting... You're too fancy. What's with your old-fashioned fucking name, <laughs> Daisy? Getting... And le- my last note here says, HMI is the most extensive hypnotherapy school in the world. So he must have said that toward the end. Well, here's the important last note that I have. MyMentalBank.com. That is a website that you can go to that has this whole class. All right. So let's say you've listened to these episodes and you thought, I want to see this from the source. Uh-huh. You can go to MyMentalBank.com watch a taped presentation he is wearing a dark red shirt but it is not the the dark red shirt we're not nearly as interested in this man as it sounds like we are but we're like mildly interested when we did the first episode on the uh hypnosis motivation institute i Uh made a big deal out of the attractive teacher okay good i'm making up for it it's only fair (laughs) and it was the same kind of situation like yes she's beautiful woman in her 50s okay maybe i wish i remembered her i don't remember Oh, I wonder if that's Susie, because we learned that she's a teacher at the school. Maybe. <gasps> I don't... What? Susie, his wife that he kept talking about. Oh. He said she was a teacher at the school. I hope it is. We need to know. I don't think so. I think her name started with a K. What if it was Capus? And that's why K is sticking in I would have memory. noticed that. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to check. Wait, don't. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Susie Kappas. I'm looking. I'm looking. Is that her? Uh, no. Oh. Very lovely. No. <laughs> Listen, everyone at the hypnosis, maybe we're just being hypnotized into thinking everyone at HMI is very hot. <laughs> this could be the case. <laughs> maybe they're just incredibly effective and we we have been completely programmed. Head to toe. Well, I don't know. Are you going to keep writing your mental bank? Yeah, I figure I'll do it until I fill up my paper one, and then we can return and see how we're doing. What do you think? Okay, sounds good to me. I will keep filling out my online mental bank. We didn't mention uh, he had pointed out that one person, they just found out that day, she had been filling out her mental bank ledger the longest of anybody online for five years. Mm -hmm. She hadn't missed a single day. So they emailed her, and they were like, how are you doing? They don't know yet. So maybe she's a millionaire by now. And that woman, Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. That was good. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Carrie, what would you give this on a pseudoscience scale where one is something? I don't feel like I can judge it until I've done it for longer. Okay. What do you think? You know, I think I can at least give where my head's at at the moment. Okay. And uh, this is tough because I, f- I feel like in the book that came along with this that his father wrote, there were a lot of pseudoscientific claims. Mm, like l- okay, little I can't wait. Dr- dribs and drabs. And 
pieces where he would just recount the same sort of anecdotes we've heard so many times. Mm -hmm. And this was back in the 80s that he was writing this. But, you know, things like, oh, well, there's all these prayer studies that show that prayer is so effective for healing. Whoopsie doodle. It can make cancer go away. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. And so he would just keep saying these things like, ah, well, now we know that's not true. Or if you've read enough, you know that's not true. But I don't know, back then that was probably common knowledge or just passed around. Sort of thing where, like, he would hear something and he'd be like, oh, well, that's true. And pass it along. So, anyways. That lessens my confidence in the source. So I I feel like there are little bits of pseudoscience here. And I think the main bones of contention Mm -hmm. we would have would be pointing towards those sorts of things Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, well, you're kind of overblowing the claims a bit. But I do feel like this would be an effective program for someone to make changes in their lives if they Mm -hmm. stick with it. So I'm going to say a three because I feel like the pseudoscience is there. But... I just don't see it as particularly harmful, so I'm not Mm -hmm. rating it higher than I Mm -hmm. might otherwise. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think this is a little tough. I think they're at least paying attention to social science and the research that's being done in psychology. So I think they're at least uh, paying that it's due. I do think that there is a little bit of that attitude of, oh, well, we have tested it because we have students who have done it. And it's like, well, I'm not sure that that's quite a controlled experiment, but mm-hmm. that's that's a good place to start. It's, you know, I've seen much worse. Yeah. But I think maybe I'd go a little higher. I think maybe I'd say a five. Fair. Okay. What would you give this then on a pocket drainer scale where one is something not very pocket draining? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you get a free online ledger. And a 10 is something incredibly expensive, such as you are not allowed to leave the building until you spend $58 on a ledger. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, at one. I mean, if you want to buy the paper version, you can. And I, yeah, I'm still pretty devoted to paper, but I mean, can't fault them for charging for that. So I think a, a one for getting this free class, if even a one. Yeah. Now, certainly they do later on. Put the sales mm-hmm. but not too move bad. on you to get you to sign up for the school. Uh-huh. Because that's where this is all really going towards. They want, you know, the $15,000 plus dollars, you know, mm-hmm. to enroll you in the school program. But I didn't feel like coming on thick. But, yeah, certainly not in this application. Mm-hmm. I remember because I did meet with them once before to talk about my potential hypnosis career there. Ah, uh, okay. And, uh, and there, you know, I did feel some of the traditional you know sales tactics they're obviously good at that and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what they study but yeah we didn't get any of that and we were welcomed into the free class and yeah Yeah. like we sought out the books to buy Mm -hmm. they didn't pass them around or anything like that they mentioned them like once but i had to go out and be like hey where's can we get the book now at the bookstore where is that oh through the double doors but not these double doors (laughs) right so for this class i'll join you at one i'll just say like at hmi i think that later on we'll run into the Mm -hmm. like all right here's your chance to pay sure what about um, a creepiness rating or one something that's just not creepy, right? Ah, like, something um, uncreepy. Something not creepy. Oh, like nice. Like swimming in your beautiful mid-century pool. Everybody your, likes to go to the pool. In your 60s style apartment. Okay. And 10 is something extremely creepy. You go to sleep ah, and in the middle of the night you hear, And it's Kara, and you open your eyes, and she's in a she's in a beautiful negligee, and she's like, 
come here. And she slowly and quietly grabs your hand and just leads you ever so slowly to the zoo. And it's after hours at the zoo and everything's bathed in a soft blue light. And she holds a finger to her lips. And just walks you slowly through the zoo, pointing at the animals. Never explains it. Puts you back in bed. And when you wake up, you're like, what was that about? And she's like, what was what about? <laughs> like <laughs> the full like two miles to the zoo? Yeah, <laughs> in you, her negligence. You live pretty far in okay. the zoo. <laughs> okay. That's creepy. All right. On that, I'm going to give this how... I, I feel hmm, we're talking about hypnosis. Mm. We didn't do any stage hypnosis in this particular class. Yeah. There were no yeah. people laying like planks across chairs or anything like that. And this didn't trigger the creepy button for me. We were talking about suggestibility in sleep states. Eh, 1.5. Yeah. How about you? I'm with you on all that. All of the huge pictures of book covers on the wall <laughs> reminds me of like, the movie Safe, which you still haven't watched, yep. and the movie Magnolia, my favorite movie, the like pickup artist seminars. Uh, oh, uh-huh. uh So I'm gonna move it up to two. Okay, I, I'm trying to think about all the people there, but they're you know they're dressed nicely. There is a dress code at the school. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah, I don't think men are. If I remember from our previous episode, I don't think men are supposed to wear jeans. Oh. Okay. No one gave me. A hard time for wearing jeans. Interesting. Anyways, what would you give this on a danger rating? Where one is something not at all dangerous. You uh, drink a glass of water from the tap mm-hmm. because tap is well-regulated water. Mm-hmm. Here in California, at least. Mm-hmm. We'll leave Michigan mm-hmm. out of this for right now. The, uh, I did read, actually, that the lead levels in L.A. are not particularly good. Is that so? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's uh, something you don't want your kids to necessarily drink. All right. Well, let's say you pass your water through a filter. Okay. And now you're drinking. That's one. And 10 is something incredibly dangerous, like uh, drinking right out of the L.A. River. Oh, yeah, you're right. Not a good idea. One, can't even... I would really have to be pulling to think of a way to make this dangerous i mean if all your goals are like jump out of an airplane without a parachute two hundred dollars then yeah yeah or if you uh you have some kind of ill will you're like how do i persecute people who are not in my in group (laughs) yeah sure it's just going to amplify whatever goal it is that you want for your life and Mm -hmm. hopefully they're good healthy goals and i i felt like all of the discourse in this class was encouraging healthy, positive goal-making. Yeah, I guess now that we are digging deep, I'm remembering that part that's like, okay, you're you're a little overselling like how you have total control mm-hmm. as long as you say these things to yourself. You know, you're kind of discounting that people can be put in shitty situations, etc. That's buried deep in the discourse. This could play into, you know, materialism and mm-hmm. just, you know, being too... Concerned with, you know, getting your Tesla. Right. You know, know, it's dangerous. Capitalism. That's the (laughs) point we're making. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, you have to really work hard for any of that. Yeah, I'll say 1.5 on that as well. What about your favorite moment? Where one is something not at all favorite, like pooping in a shoe. And 10 is something very favorite, like an oatmeal raisin cookie. (laughs) You say that so sadly. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd say it had to be one of the moments where he told one of his little jokes about interacting with his wife. Mm-hmm. Thought George was pretty entertaining. I have this visceral memory of walking through the hall. I've got both of our cups of water in my hands. And 
everyone there had it seems like they had all absorbed to the certain mood that just must be around hmi where like everybody's doing fun things with their bodies in space and especially oh. all the men they'd like twirl around and give each other high fives behind their back and stuff and i was like i'm holding water do, do we have to be this fun <laughs> now, now you're reminding me there was a guy sitting next to me uh, who was pretty entertaining uh-huh. and uh, just a, a friendly, gregarious guy. Mm-hmm. I who- think that's in the mood there. I think it's kind of like, you know, the Mormons like seem to sort of accidentally encourage men crying and like emoting. A oh, bunch. yeah. Yeah. I think it's just one of those where you just sort of you follow what's happening around you until you've all got this subtle footprint. And I think that was happening with like dudes pointing at each other with two guns and stuff. And I was just like, oh, that's, it's late. Stop. That's funny. I didn't really witness that. Though I'll say this guy also was wearing these kind of sneaker like shoes, but they were clearly built to add two to three inches to his height. Oh, wow. Interesting. I just hadn't seen that construction before. Lifts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like in the 70s, men would wear lifts. Okay, yeah, it was like, you know, I'm trying to be a sneaker, but I've clearly found a way to add a lot of extra uh, okay, material that's here. Fun. Yeah, Yeah, people give up on that. Super nice Except guy, though. Him? Oh, hot drinks? Hot drinks. I think you already gave it a thumbs up, but oh, that was because yeah. you bought your own Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a thumbs up as long as you are willing to go buy. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. In the bookstore... When I went to buy our books, I saw, oh, they have coffee too. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Hey, we like this place. Well, we hope to go back. Yeah. And we'll keep mental banking our ledgers. So at the end of the year, we'll have to go back over our mental banks and look at our psychic and see how well she did with her predictions. Oh, Oh, have you been me too'd yet? I have not been accused of sexual misconduct that I know of. Okay. That's that's something the uh, psychic predicted. Uh, right. For anybody in who's January. just joining us and is like, what the hell? Very beginning of the year, a psychic told me that I would be accused of sexual... Impropriety. Uh, impropriety, misconduct. But falsely accused. Well, no, she didn't, uh, she oh, didn't spell that she out. Didn't. Okay. She clearly was looking at me in a way that I might be guilty. Oh, wow. Okay. But she said, there's nothing I could do to prevent it, but if I paid her... It was something like $540 worth of candles. She could at least help me deal with the situation. Sounds predatory. (laughs) Ironic. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode is edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our future investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And maybe you'll make me get another tattoo. I got my tattoo, everybody! She did, yeah. If you haven't already seen pictures online, you can go to Facebook.com forward slash OnRec, O-N-R-A-C. And that's where you'll find not only pictures, but conversations and things to like. Yep. Articles, all kinds of fun interactions with us. We go there a lot. I, I spend more time on Facebook. Carrie mans the Twitter slash Ono podcast. Yes, I man the Twitter slash Ono podcast. And I woman the Facebook. That's right. It's a good time is had by all. And also, join our Twitch. Do it. Yeah, we, we, we've got a bunch of Twitch followers, so we better get uh, the better Twitch get streaming going. That's on my to-do list. Ono podcast? Yeah, slash Ono podcast. Cool. So- oh, and by the way, hopefully by the time you're hearing this, Jordan Morris and I will have put up our Cars commentary on the Donor bonus feed. So all MaxFun members head over there and, you know, find out that Cars is fine. And if you decide that it's really important that I find another female MaxFun host and record a Doc Hollywood commentary, let us know. Because otherwise, that was just a joke. <laughs> I wasn't planning on it. But if but you if want you think it, it's a good idea, it was never a joke. But if you really want it, it, then c- it could we happen. Meant it. <laughs> 
No. And we have a couple new shows we're excited to announce. Yeah. We're going to be in Texas. Texas, one of my favorite states. Really? Yeah, I love Texas. Oh, well, why not? Have you been? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Love Dallas, love Austin. Oh, yeah, we went to Austin together, so uh-huh. you've been. <laughs> yeah, I have been. <laughs> and we're going back. Funny you should mention Dallas and Austin, because we will be in Dallas on June 9th mm-hmm. at the Sons of Herman Hall. Now, I wonder if Herman Hall has sons, or if <laughs> yeah. just Herman has sons and they've got a hall. That's exactly where my brain just went. <laughs> we need more information. However, the name came to be. It's uh, at 7 p.m., and you can find a sign-up link on Facebook slash O-N-R-A-C or... CarryPuppy.horse. Those are your best sources of sign-ups for our events. But wait, there's more. What? The very next day. No way. Come on. June 10th. What? We will be in Austin, Texas at oh. the North Door. The North Door. Mm-hmm. Boy, these are really mysterious names yeah. for venues. Sons of Herman Hall, the North Door. When you open the North Door, it's just like the wrong season behind it. <laughs> <laughs> it's spring over here. Why is it winter back there? So uh, join us at one of those shows if you're anywhere uh, near those places in Texas. Yeah, please do. That'll also be at carrypoppy.horse or facebook.com forward slash onrack. We will be excited to see you there. Yeah, y'all. And remember... From success is not the mental bank and concept accident, although bullion experts feel that both gold and silver are good buys, I'm going to suggest that you become a mental bank silver bullion buyer. Silver is used heavily in the mammoth and still-growing photographic industry. Silver is also used extensively in electronics, aerospace, and other industries. The copper mines have either closed or drastically reduced personnel, so new sources of silver have been reduced. Thus, I think it is a metal we can predictably say has all the potential of an excellent long-term investment. Take $10,000 of your mental bank money and place it in silver. Use the section labeled My Mental Bank Investments in your mental bank ledger to record the progress of your investment. Figure out how much silver you can buy with the $10,000 either by asking a dealer, calling your bank to find out the latest value, or checking your newspaper's business pages, where such figures are often listed. Enter the $10,000 figure and the number of ounces purchased in your investments column. Keep track of your investment. Watch the silver increase in value. When it has reached 3 to 5 points above what you paid for it, sell it and add the profit to your value events column for that day to be included in today's deposits. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned, audience supported